Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Glass Onion Minute, a Knives Out podcast. I am your host, Nay Renly, and my guest, once again, it's on to. Hi, Ike. Hi. Uh, hey, hey, Nay. Uh, uh, how are you today? Oh, I've been better. How about you? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the long ride from, uh, New, like, you know, upstate New York to Colorado was really weird that you picked me up from that point and drove at least 40 hours down to Colorado so we could podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, thanks for thanks for making the trip. And uh, even though we're really tired of each other by now, <laughs> let's talk about this movie. Yeah. Uh, minute 98. Hey, it begins at one minute or so it begins at one hour, 37 minutes and finishes at one hour, 37 minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, this scene begins with Peg and Birdie talking about something. Just don't hey. talk to me. Wait. to Beyonce, but people... What's it mouth mean? This is her only chance. What does anything mean? Birdie, I swear to God, I'm going to punch you in the face if you do... And it ends with Peg reading an email off a phone that says, quote, Miss J, I am writing to inform you that the proposed Bangladesh factory is notoriously one of the world's biggest... Dot, dot, dot. That's the end of the minute. <laughs> Can't wait to find out what it's the biggest stuff. Hey, uh, so what do you like about this scene? <laughs> What do I like about this scene? <laughs> a balloon dog sculpture on the table, uh-huh. which is like a knockoff of a Jeff Koons sculpture okay. that he made between 1994 and 2000, these like different ones, but it's not one of those colors and it's not really the same style, but I, I like this like knockoff art that Miles has put all around his, it's like some of it real, some of it maybe not real around mm-hmm. his compound. Uh, that's a really good uh, pickup because I would have not noticed that at all. Like I would have just thought it was something Birdie bought with her or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in her checked bag. Yeah, well, um, so once Birdie t- chases Peg out of the room, Helen <laughs> sneaks in, grabs a digital recorder that she had hidden in there, <laughs> and then we cut right to her with Blanc, and she's listening back to the recordings. Not tell me. I am going to sign the statement. No, that will destroy us. The story no is going to break. There's no stopping it. We will do what we always do. Deny, half apologize, and then go silent a while. I will handle this. What is this? It's my secret phone. What is this? An email from the Sweetie Pants contractor two years ago. Again, I, I I think this sequence is really well done. Like we get, obviously we're in this sort of minute is in a, it's, it's a flashback to like a previous time already because we're, we're in the, we're way ahead in the actual timeline of the movie. And once you put down the recorder uh, and starts fast forwarding through the dialogue, we jump back to before Helen's in the room. I, again, this is all really well done by uh, Ryan Johnson, I think. That's right. Yeah, it, it's a great uh, time cut. I, I was going to mention the editing in this one because, yeah, Helen pulls out the digital recorder. Like you said, we're already in the past, but then she starts playing the recording and then it cuts to that scene actually happening before. Yep. And the audio switches from being kind of a compressed MP3 to the full you know, mm-hmm. audio spectrum of, that, of something that's actually happening. But it's seamless. Like it, yeah. 
it's yeah there's no gaps in it so I, I thought that was a really good way of showing it instead of just having her listen to the whole recording which would be not as cinematic yes i think i think uh, a lesser filmmaker would would have just you know it would have been blanc and helen staring at this recorder while the mp3 like plays like over the room and I, I could see why you would do that. You would make that decision if you were a low budget movie and you had to like, I guess we don't have those two actors on set and all that other stuff. But I think again, Ryan Johnson's a really great example of show. Don't tell. Right. And to show a little bit of more of Birdie's character, the first clip she goes to in the recording is her saying <laughs> it was a tribute to Beyonce, but people, <laughs> and it's like, obviously she did something really racially insensitive there. <laughs> But I, she's skipping forward because it's not what she, she was looking for. But it's like Birdie is it's always. It's actually uh, that line is earlier in the movie. Like I think that's when she's at the poolside and they're all. I think it's after the pool and they're all sitting in that uh, shaded area and yeah, they were talking about one of her transgressions about. <laughs> so she's still talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So again, that's another real uh, sign of brilliance from Johnson's like work. He's like, okay, that was a pretty memorable, like funny line and. So when Helen lands on that line, we go, okay, that was way before even the audience <laughs> should know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Miles said, this is her only chance. They didn't know what that meant, right? Mm. Um, and then she, yeah, Bertie tells Peg that she's going to sign the statement, and, but Peg is pretty sure that they should just deny and half apologize and then go silent for a while, like they <laughs> usually do with their PR issues. <laughs> guess they've had a lot of them i really love uh, like peg and birdie's dynamic i think it's just really well performed by henwick and kate hudson here it's just really funny you get their relation immediate relationship immediately just from yeah. all of these scenes right yeah because at one point when they when they get to that part she's saying uh i swear to god what i swear to god i'll punch you in the face if you do not tell me <laughs> And then right when she says, tell me is when it cuts to the real scene. But like, yeah, you know, when you have a boss that you can tell you're going to punch him in the face, like, you know, that, that they're relying on each other. This isn't like a, a yes, a yes person that she's got working for her. Uh, have you ever worked as someone's assistant before? Or? Actually, I have. I worked, I worked for an old man and I <laughs> did, did just did stuff he needed done. And okay. we, we did actually develop a kind of like playful banter back and forth over time. It was oh, cute of you. Uh, never. So this this all seems really bewildering and intense to me. <laughs> you know, just having to be someone's, you know, you're kind of codependent on this person, really. You know, you're doing everything for them and you need yeah. them for everything. I remember he'd tell me he would be cooking something and he'd be like, go to the grocery store and get six or seven tomatoes or whatever. And I'd be like, how many? And he'd be like, six or seven. I'm like, just tell me how many. I don't have any extra information to decide between six and seven. Why don't you just tell me how many right now so I can just <laughs> write it down on my shopping list? You know, like, what am I going to... I don't want to decide between six and seven later. Uh-huh. That kind of stuff. <laughs> and then he'd be like, call this tractor supply company and get me a get me a new part for my blender or whatever. And I'd be like, all right. Whatever you, whatever you want. But yeah. Oh, boy. But, oh. But yeah, it, it is fun when you get to to figure that out. I never threatened to punch him in the face, though. Okay, well, that's that's nice. Uh, it wasn't over like uh, I'm glad that you didn't come to blows over like the exact number of tomatoes you needed. I try to. This is just I just try never to uh, threaten to punch people in the face. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's good practices. <laughs> yeah, they seem to appreciate it. So it's Wednesday. 
Happy Wednesday, everybody. Benoit Blanc, without giving spoilers, do you have any thoughts about the uh, the third film in this series that's already been announced, but we don't know anything about as far as I know? And I can't give spoilers. That's like a bit counterproductive. Uh, I, you know, I, I think... I have no idea. I actually, I don't want to speculate. I'm just, I, I think, you know, I like whatever Johnson wants to do. Basically, I think as long as he gives us another ensemble cast and you know, Blanc's in there solving mysteries, we're pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what, what, what do you want out of like a wish list of whatever a follow up? I just want to be surprised. I think, you know, these both of these films were different from each other and different from most other films. And so if you can do that again, I'll be very impressed. But that's, he's done it twice. So yeah, let's see I, what he's got. I think obviously like these, both of these films are about making fun of the rich and powerful. And, you know, I think all of these, um, both of them are about like, again, making, attacking power structures and hierarchies. So, you know, I, I, I I would be disappointed if the third film, like Benoit Blanc, is about attacking the working man or whatever. That would be weird. But the protagonists of both films have been female, people of color, mm-hmm. and you know the the way that they've resolved these puzzles have been not the way you necessarily expect based on the way the puzzles were set up. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel like expectations would just would just hurt. Yep, you know. Yeah, I think again, reiterating uh, what I said, I I would expect like again, like just a, a more evolution on what he's already doing. Like I would I would expect a third protagonist of color, or not necessarily that, uh, like just another minority where we can sort of explore their world and the world we live in through their relationship with power and all that stuff. And again, I, again, I would be a little annoyed if like he went, you know went back on all the progress he's made and so on. That said, I would love it if he were just solving a mystery in space on the space station. <laughs> so I don't know. That that's something. Uh okay, so I, I I wouldn't mind him actually like since a lot of these are already like deconstructions of like Agatha Christie sort of like mysteries anyway. Like let's do one on a moving train like bring it on like i want to see what he can bring to deconstructing like rich people and wealthy people like on a train and solving a mystery like yeah i think he could do it really i agree well thanks for being on again where would you like people to go if they wanted to find you uh you can follow me on the social media platform currently known as X. Uh, maybe it will revert. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode comes out, so maybe it will revert. But uh, my handle there is at Antu, so that's spelled T H E A N T. Sorry, T H E A N H T U. And uh, while you're there, you can follow the Twitter or whatever it's called for this podcast at Glass Onion Min. All one word. No underscores, no periods, and no <laughs> exclamation points at all. Uh, well, hump day. It's over. So I guess we'll uh, see you tomorrow on Thursday. 
Hey, uh, well, yeah, I pull out that couch for me. I guess I know where I'll be sleeping tonight. <laughs> oh, you're not going to make the trip? Okay, that yeah, makes a lot I, of sense, actually. I'm not commuting back up to Toronto. Like, no, it's going to be hours. I mean, I said we could just do all the episodes back to back in one day and you you were sure that we should not because no, you wanted I, to I be think I got, we're going to respect the process and like the meditation of recording a podcast so that requires time and yeah that's totally your prerogative yeah, so yeah. uh it's nice having a house guest <laughs> see, I, uh, see you tomorrow <laughs> uh yeah let's let's spend tomorrow morning working on this uh, wacky uh house guest scenario and turning it into a movie don't eat all my bagels <laughs> Save, save just one bagel for me. I will save one bagel. All right. All right. See you in the breakfast nook. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>